Thermal Performance White Paper. The effects of rain screen subframe systems on the overall thermal performance of external walls. It is no secret that the world is reaching a critical tipping point with global warming. Climate records are being routinely broken. CO2 levels in the atmosphere rise year after year and sea levels continuously creep up as vast ice sheets are melting and collapsing. To prevent irreversible changes and the Earth's system from being pushed into a completely new state, the thermal performance of buildings will be crucial. In this white paper, we will discuss the effects of rain screen subframe systems on the overall thermal performance of external walls, the specification process, and different solutions to reduce heat loss through the building envelope. To understand the role of rain screen subframes in the energy performance of buildings, first it is helpful to step back and look at the wider picture of climate change and the role of the UK's building stock in contributing to it. In 2019, the UK Parliament declared a national climate change emergency. While declaring a climate change emergency does not impose any specific obligations, it acts as an awareness-raising exercise in the first instance. The Climate Change Act 2008 had already committed the UK to reducing its carbon emissions by 80%, relative to 1990 levels, by 2050. The spring of 2019 saw the UK government go a step further by making a legally binding commitment to achieve net zero carbon emissions by 2050. The UK is also a signatory to the 2015 Paris Agreement, the global climate agreement which sets out limits in the planet's temperature rises above pre-industrial levels. For the UK to achieve these legally binding targets and contribute to the global effort to tackle climate change, carbon emissions must be reduced across all sectors of society. Construction is not immune. The current contribution of the country's building stock to carbon emissions is frequently cited as one of the most significant sources of possible reductions. Estimates put the construction, operation and maintenance of buildings as being responsible for just under half of the UK's total carbon emissions. It should be remembered that carbon emissions occur throughout a building's life cycle. Carbon is emitted during the extraction of raw materials and during their processing into construction materials and products. Site construction works emit carbon, as does the operation and maintenance of the building once occupied. Finally, carbon is emitted at the end of the building's life. The scale of emissions depends on whether the building is demolished, components are saved and reused, or a combination of both. For the purposes of this white paper, we are focusing on the operation phase of the building, and the energy used by building occupants. Across the UK, national building regulations set targets for the energy efficiency of buildings. The way those targets are set and assessed varies slightly in England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland, but the fundamental aim remains the same. Buildings must limit their use of fuel and power by being energy efficient. Demonstrating regulatory compliance means undertaking whole building assessments using approved software. 
Compliance calculations are done at design stage and again when the building has been completed. The actual energy use of the building when in service is rarely assessed, although post-occupancy evaluation, or POEs, continues to gain a foothold in the industry. For the time being, POE remains entirely voluntary and a tool mainly used by those seeking to better understand and learn lessons from the performance of the building projects they work on. With no regulatory requirement for POE, the vast majority of buildings contribute to what is known as the performance gap. This is where buildings use more energy in their operation than was predicted by the compliance calculations. The figure varies from project to project, but it is not uncommon to see figures quoting heat loss and or energy consumption of a building as significantly greater than was predicted. There are many and various reasons why the performance gap occurs, and they cover all aspects of building design, specification and construction. Arguably the most fundamental reason, however, is that the compliance calculations, particularly at as built stage, are not aligned with the installation, commissioning and inspection on site. The data entered into the calculation assumes perfect installation of products and the correct commissioning of services, delivering their optimum performance. Time and financial pressures mean on-site monitoring and inspection can almost never provide the quality assurance necessary to translate as designed into as built. The exception is where voluntary higher performance standards are adopted, going beyond the minimum standards mandated by national building regulations. The passive house standard, for example, requires a higher standard of record keeping during the build, as well as much tighter levels of thermal performance and air tightness. It's not uncommon to see phrases like ever tightening new values or ever more stringent building regulations. These phrases often seem to be used in the sense that improvements to the minimum standard are too onerous or maybe even a burden. It's true that minimum standards of energy efficiency will have to continue improving in order to help our buildings reduce their carbon emissions. In England, changes to Part L of the building regulations have been mapped out to work towards the future home standard. Even so, there is still relatively little focus on achieving the quality assurance that would avoid the performance gap. Radical reductions in energy use and carbon emissions will only be achieved through tighter standards. But it is already possible to achieve relatively radical improvements if we simply address the disparity between as designed and as built. If buildings are to make their contribution to the overall reduction in carbon emissions, then construction products and techniques must be developed to help bring operational energy efficiency in line with the designed energy efficiency. The previous section outlined the UK's long-term climate change goals and how addressing the performance gap in buildings would make an immediate positive impact on energy consumption and carbon emissions. It also described the whole building calculations used to assess energy efficiency. As part of those calculations, it is necessary to establish the heat loss through individual building elements. The external walls often account for the largest surface area of the building fabric, 
and therefore the greatest proportion of heat loss from a building. Around 35% of total heat loss can be attributed to the external walls. At every point where fixings or brackets penetrates the insulation, this is called a point thermal bridge and starts to affect the overall U-value or thermal transmittance of the building. Typically, U-values are the starting point for anybody specifying building fabric to meet even the minimum standards of national building regulations. Elements of the building fabric need to include a layer of thermal insulation. An average thermal insulation material is, for example, around 30 times more efficient than a dense concrete block. So the use of insulation products avoids building elements being many times thicker than they generally are. For most constructions, U-values can be calculated relatively simply using the combined method. BSEN ISO 6946-2017 describes how to apply the combined method, including that it should be used mainly for constructions made up of clearly defined layers, where each layer has consistent thickness and thermal properties. The standard also includes how to deal with layers that are bridged by other materials, as well as corrections that improve overall accuracy. A U-value is expressed in the units watts per meter square Kelvin. It is the amount of heat energy in watts that moves through each square meter of the building fabric per degree of temperature difference either side of the buildup in degrees Kelvin. So what is a rain screen subframe system? An external wall featuring rain screen cladding is a popular form of construction for all types of buildings. Cladding panels are a versatile finish, providing designers with a range of styles and finishes for the building's outward appearance. The panels are supported on profiles, which themselves are attached to the building's primary structure by a series of helping hand brackets. The subframe buildup creates a ventilated air space behind the cladding to help resist rainwater ingress, disperse any buildup of condensation, and help to dissipate solar gain into the building. The primary structure can be a solid masonry construction, or a framed construction finished with a sheathing board. In either case, the thermal insulation required to help meet target U-values is generally fixed to the external face of the structural wall. The result in a relatively straightforward build-up for the purposes of, of calculating the U-value, from inside to outside, an external wall construction might be. Internal finish e.g. plasterboard on battens. Load-bearing blockwork. Thermal insulation. Ventilated cavity. Cladding. The cladding is not assessed as part of the overall thermal performance because the ventilated cavity is taken as being the outside air. A build-up like this can be modelled relatively easily by the combined method, including any fixings required to secure the insulation to the primary structure. However, it is not just the insulation that is fixed to the structural wall. The helping hand brackets are two, meaning the brackets also penetrate the insulation layer. To be most effective, thermal insulation should always be installed as a continuous layer. Any breaks or interruptions should be avoided where possible, or kept to a minimum. Materials and components that bridge the insulation layer have a higher thermal conductivity than the insulation, 
creating localized higher rates of heat loss. Metal components, like helping hand brackets, have a significantly higher thermal conductivity. The corresponding negative impact on the walls you value is therefore significantly greater. Increasing the levels of insulation in building elements, like the walls and roof, drives heat loss to the weak points in the building fabric. As a result, thermal bridges become responsible for a greater proportion of the building's total heat loss. Put simply, the impact of a rain screen subframe on the thermal performance of an external wall must be accounted for, and as accurately as possible. As a simplified form of calculation, the combined method is not sophisticated enough to accurately account for the effect of helping hand brackets that bridge the thermal insulation layer. BSEN ISO 6946 gives a correction that can be used for simple fixing screws that penetrate an insulation layer. However, the complexity of helping hand brackets is such that their effect on the U-value is much larger than a conventional screw. The U-value must be adjusted in other ways. BRE Report 443 is a freely available document describing industry conventions that should be used when calculating U-values. It was first published in 2006, and a revised version was made available for consultation in 2019. Any construction professional who frequently works with U-values, whether requesting them or especially calculating them, should have an understanding of BR443. Accurate calculation of external wall U-values is essential as part of the whole building calculations that underpin national building regulations and other performance-based standards. If our building stock is to contribute to the long-term goal of meeting the challenge of climate change, accurate calculation must be accompanied by the right quality of installation in order to eliminate the performance gap. Where rain screen subframes are concerned, this means thermally modeling the performance of systems in order to make accurate adjustments to baseline U-values. No amount of thermal modeling, however, makes up the fact that the helping hand brackets of a subframe are a significant source of heat loss. To address that, rain screen subframe manufacturers have developed their solutions to reduce the heat energy lost through them. Getting the specification of rain screen subframes right and understanding how different systems compare is essential before any calculations are carried out. One way to reduce the rate of heat loss through helping hand brackets is to choose one made from a metal with a lower thermal conductivity. Aluminium has a thermal conductivity of 160 watts per meter square Kelvin. That means it conducts some 4,000 times more heat than a typical thermal insulation material used behind rain screen cladding, which has a thermal conductivity of around 0.04 watts per meter square Kelvin. By contrast, the thermal conductivity of stainless steel is only 17 watts per meter square Kelvin. While that means it still conducts around 425 times as much heat energy as the thermal insulation, it only conducts a little more than 10% of the heat energy of an aluminium bracket serving the same purpose. Even using stainless steel brackets, 
it makes sense to reduce the amount of heat energy that can reach the subframe system so that there is less heat energy for the brackets to conduct. This is where thermal breaks come in. A thermal break is a thin pad that sits between the bracket and the primary structure that the bracket is attached to. High thermal performance is provided by utilizing a type of insulation often used on aerospace. The typical thermal conductivity of aerogel is between 0.015 and 0.021, so around three times more thermally efficient than the mineral wool insulation used as the main insulation layer. The impact of a thermal break cannot be included in combined method calculations. It has to be calculated as part of the thermal modeling of the subframe, as described in BR443. As the effect of fixing brackets or rails on the U-value of the wall can be large, even when a thermal brake pad is included, their contribution to the overall U-value needs to be assessed by a detailed calculation. Time and cost pressures on construction projects can have unintended consequences, not least when specifiers find themselves selecting solutions without being able to undertake suitable analysis of their effectiveness. For example, faced with a lack of data about the performance of a subframe, or not knowing what data to ask for, it might be decided that the easiest solution is to apply a prescribed 0.3 watts per meter square Kelvin increment to the baseline U value. The rationale might be that, as a conservative default value, the prediction of the external wall's performance could actually be worse than is achieved on site, rather than the other way around. While that may not necessarily sound like a bad thing, there are knock-on effects that need to be taken into account. Making conservative assumptions and predictions about the performance of the wall and its components leads to a thicker layer of thermal insulation on the outside of the primary structure. Thicker layers of insulation mean larger subframes, with larger fixings to ensure their structural stability and even greater levels of heat loss. This is a vicious circle of increasing rates of heat loss and increasing material costs as thicker insulation and larger components keep needing to be added. A consistent theme of this white paper has been the relationship between a project's design and the realization of that design on site. Part of good system specification is having the confidence that what has been designed can be built to perform that way. That is not something that can always be said about thermal breaks, however. Securing the subframe to ensure it is structurally sound causes the thermal break to be compressed. Insulation materials vary in their composition and structure, with the common aim of creating a gas-filled cellular structure that limits the flow of heat energy. For them to perform as intended, therefore, that cellular structure needs to be maintained. If an insulation materials application results in it being compressed down the performance quoted in datasheets and used in thermal modeling and U-value calculations, will not be achieved on site. This is exactly the kind of situation that results in buildings having a performance gap. From all of this, we can set out a basic roadmap for rain screen subframe specification that will make it more likely that an external wall construction performs as intended. Be clear on the project requirements.
understand the components of the subframe system and how they can help meet the brief. Take time to obtain thermal modeling data and ensure that U-value calculations use it. Take into account the system's installation requirements and the potential impacts of those requirements. Selecting the right bracket material for the project's location and thermal performance targets, and then complementing that with a suitable thermal break, means the thickness of the wall's insulation layer can then be established accurately. U-values can be calculated entirely by thermal modeling or by using the combined method and factoring in appropriate thermal modeling data. Specifying the external wall insulation with confidence means the insulation material can be priced accurately. The alternative is to make assumptions and be conservative, leading to unnecessary extra thickness that adds to the project costs. The subframe and its fixings are also specified and sized correctly for the project's needs, avoiding further unnecessary overspend. A recurring problem in the construction industry is the breaking of specifications to achieve cost savings. Having certainty in what has been specified and backing that up with provable performance gives no reason for alternative, inferior solutions to be sourced and costed. Specifying the right components in the right size and thickness delivers material cost savings. It also speeds up installation by avoiding the use of bigger and heavier components. The project can therefore have a completed outer shell sooner and realize time cost savings compared to an unsuitable alternative solution. Systems that are sized accurately or even optimized for the best thermal performance can also offer greater design flexibility and greater returns on the building's floor space. Where the footprint of the building is clearly defined, a thinner external wall buildup means more internal floor area that can either be leased or sold during the building's occupation. These are the short-term economic benefits associated with delivering the building envelope. There is also the longer-term economic benefit to the building occupants, who have a building envelope that does not lose 2, 3, or even 10 times more heat energy than was originally predicted and therefore does not impose a corresponding increase in predicted energy costs. Finally, there is the broader positive impact of using only the necessary quantity of materials to deliver the finished building. Part of facing a climate emergency is to recognize the carbon emissions associated with the production, consumption and disposal of materials. Avoiding unnecessary overspecification is the start of a longer journey towards a more mindful and climate-focused approach to material and product choices. Rain screen cladding has come under a lot of scrutiny in recent years for justifiable reasons. While much of that scrutiny has centered on fire safety, a common theme has emerged about the need for greater transparency and greater certainty when it comes to the characteristics and performance of any component used in external walls. Performance gaps in thermal performance and energy use need to be addressed in the same way that performance gaps in fire safety are now being tackled. Cladding systems are a complex combination of components, and knowing that those components are designed to work together and will then perform accordingly once installed is essential. The envelope system range is designed to give designers and specifiers 
the freedom to choose the system they need for each individual project, and the peace of mind that the system will deliver its performance as part of the constructed building envelope. To find out more about SFS Envelope Thermal Solutions range and systems, including the new ceramic ball technology, or for technical support, specification advice, or to arrange a visit from a technical sales manager, please visit uk.sfs.com.